Amen. Praise God. We're going to talk about the body of Christ uh, this morning and uh, God's plan for the body of Christ. You know, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, at the end of the chapter, it says, the church, which is his body. His body. And then at the end of the book of Ephesians in chapter 5, there it says uh, that we are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 25 It says that Christ is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise God. So we see that Christ is in us and that we're his body, that we're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And what God is endeavoring to do is to carry out his will in the earth through the body of Christ. That means through me and through you. God is wanting to influence this earth and influence people, to reconcile people back to God, just like God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself. So if we understand it right, then uh, what God wants is to work through you by his grace, by his spirit, by his word, praise God. He wants, in other words, for you to be doing what Jesus did. For you to do the works of Christ, Jesus said, the works that I did, you'll do also. He that believes on me. So it's God's plan to work through you. Now, he'll work through you through influences. He'll he'll work to influence you in harmony with the word of God. Work to influence you by the Holy Spirit. Uh, And uh, he's put a a gift of grace inside of each one of us. And we're just going to look at some scriptures along this line, and we'll just see which way the Holy Ghost takes us here. But uh, in First Corinthians, I mean, in Romans chapter 12, Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, he says, uh, holy brethren, and so he's talking to born-again believers. Now, the church is not made up of everything out there that looks like it's a church building and people in it. It's made up, it's called the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. That's Hebrews 12. The church of the firstborn, see, he, he was called the only begotten. Now he's called the firstborn among many brethren. So those who are born again, firstborn, he's the firstborn from the dead. Those who are born again are a part of the church because they have a Christ in them. Praise God. Now there's a lot of religion out there that they don't know nothing about Christ in you, uh, repenting and, you know, stepping over the line and, committing their lives to live for the will of God. They don't know nothing about that. Uh, They don't have Christ in them. So he's not really talking to them. So when he's talking to the church, it's the church of the firstborn, those that are born again from the dead. And uh, he tells us we should present our bodies to him, holy and acceptable. 
And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. So he wants us to learn to conform to him and not to the world. For I say, through the grace given to me. Now, he goes on to say in a number of other places that he had grace given to him in order to enable him to be an apostle. Grace gives us ability beyond our ability. Say, and we'll see that in a moment. I say through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, it's the Christians, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man, that's not every man in the world, but every man among you, the measure of faith. Now, Paul said, uh, pray for me that I be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. So when he's talking here, he's not talking about all men. He's talking about all men among you. You've been given through the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You've been delivered faith. Faith is in you. Saving faith is in you. And it brought you in contact with God. Hallelujah. And then it says, for we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Now, he's talking about the body of Christ, but he's comparing the body of Christ to a human body. And he said there's a lot of different members, you know, to the human body and to the body of Christ. But they don't all have the same, same function, you know. Thank God you're not just one big eyeball rolling down the hill, you know. There's more to you than meets the eye, amen. You've got ears, you need ears. You've got a nose to smell. You've got a mouth to taste. You've got fingers to touch. You've got a lot of inward parts you can't see. And you don't want to see a lot of them. But they still have a function and a purpose. And, uh, you know, sometimes they're a hidden purpose. We don't under, even understand them. But uh, it's your body. And uh, he talks here about your body being many members. And all of them do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ. And every one of us are members one of another. Do you know we're all members one of another? That every one of you is not an eye, every one of you is not a head, every one of you is not a toe, every one of you is not a foot. But we all need each other. There's different people doing different things and we all need each other. Having then gifts differing, According to the grace that is given to us. So there's different functions, and it's according to the grace. And the grace is in Christ Jesus, and uh, as that, each area of that grace is some function of Christ in you. See, it's ability, Christ's ability, beyond your ability. So there's actually some function of Christ in you called grace, 
that will enable you supernaturally to do something you normally wouldn't do or couldn't do. See, now you might be able to, you know, carry along and kind of do it, but a lot of times grace will give you ability where you don't have, have an ability to do that. Like that. So, uh, praise God. That's the blessing of grace. Having gifts then differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teaches on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that rules with diligence. He that shows mercy with cheerfulness. Praise God, avoid what's evil and do that which is good. So we could see, he, he kind of points out different functions of this grace. It gives some people the ability to just minister to other people. Some the ability to teach other people. Some the ability to show mercy to people. You know, just to heap mercy on them and restore them and encourage them and do different things. There's different functions in each one of us. Uh, praise God. So it's, it's grace that gives ability. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.10 said, I labored more abundantly than they all, but it wasn't me, but the grace of God in me. He said, by the grace of God, I am who I am. Praise God. And then he said in 2 Corinthians 9.8, and God's able to make all grace abound towards you so that you can have all sufficiency in all things and that you may abound every good work. So he said, not just in me, he said, but in you also. So every one of us should look to God as to where he put grace. Lord, where is there ability in me from you that I can do something for you, for your body, by love, serve one another? Uh, where is that grace in me to enable me to operate in the body of Christ to be a greater blessing to the rest of the Christians, praise God, and to be a blessing to my fellow man. Hallelujah. You know, Ephesians 3, 7 said, God has given to every one of us the gift of grace. Praise God. So every one of us has some gift of grace to enable us to function as a member of the body of Christ. So we should seek that. You know, one of the first things the Apostle Paul when he got converted on the road to Damascus, one of the first things he said is, Lord, what will you have me to do? Praise God. So that should be our question to the Lord too. Lord, what do you want me to do? Now Hebrews 10.25 says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as the habitual manner of some has become. We don't want to... Uh, that is, uh, you know, forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Then it says, and so much more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. See, when you assemble together, you keep your focus on the Lord and his coming, and you got expectation, you're, you prepare yourself every week, you stay in the word, you stay in fellowship with believers, and, and so on and so forth. So God in his infinite wisdom says, uh, see to it that you don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Now, if you go on vacation for a week or something, that's, that's a little different story. 
But to just start missing, just to start missing, uh, that's not a good habit. He said that's a bad habit. And so uh, we want to make sure that we gather together, praise God, weekly. And this will help us to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Now, there's certain things we all can do and should do. See, we should all witness and try to win souls to Jesus. Praise God. The whole body of Christ should try to do that. The whole body of Christ should tithe and give, you know. Give your tithe to the house of the Lord so that there's meat in his house. So you should work to give tithes. Praise God, that's 10% of what you have come in. That's uh, what God says you should do. You should uh, be ready to pray. You could pray at home. You could pray in the car. You could pray at church. Praise God, the prayers of the righteous avail much. So because your prayers work and avail, you should do some praying for the local church, for the body of Christ, and for the will of God to be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. So there's these different functions that everyone should do, everyone should operate in. And then there's specific functions, praise God, that you have grace for. Now, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Now, what that means is that the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. Now, there's three baptisms for every New Testament believer. Uh, the first is this one. The Spirit of God baptizes you into Christ. It's the Spirit of God doing the work, baptizing you into the body of Christ. And that's the one that saves. That's the one that gets you out of Adam into Christ. Then a minister baptizes you in water. And then Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Ghost for power. See, so there's different baptisms. Uh, praise God. But uh, if we're born again, we're all a part of the body of Christ. We've been baptized by the Spirit into Christ. He that has the Son has the life. And then uh, if we look at verse 13, he said, we, uh, whether we're bond or free, we've all been made to drink into one Spirit. Verse 14, for the body is not one member but many. There he goes comparing us to a body again, a human body. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I am not a part of the body, is it therefore not a part of the body? And if the eye shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not a part of the body, is it therefore not a part of the body? If the whole body were just an eye, where would the hearing come from? If the whole body were hearing, where would the smelling come from? But now God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. That's why I say... Uh, you can go to God and find out what part of the body you are. Because he set the members in the body as it has pleased him. Praise God. So we can't choose what part of the body we are. We need to find out what part of the body we are. Because uh, when we're born again, uh, there's also grace given to be a part of the body. 
The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. That means Jesus has need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. You know, like I said before, there's certain parts that we may prefer not to look at, you know. Uh, We don't want to see the inward parts, but yet those are the more necessary parts. Say we need those parts. And sometimes they're behind the scenes. Sometimes we can't see those parts functioning. Well, we need those parts. We need every part. We need those that minister to the children. Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Then he, That's adults. He said, if you love me, feed my lambs. So we need those that will feed the children the word of God. And we need those that will feed adults the word of God. And we need worship leaders. We need greeters. We need those that will prepare the food like some, there's some ladies doing today. And we need those that will witness more and bring more people to church and do different things. So there's different functions, and uh, we need them all. Hallelujah. And it says, for our comely parts have no need, but God tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that which part which lacked. I'm, I'm actually a part which lacked. I couldn't get up and give a book report. I couldn't get up and and uh, do these different things when I was in school and stuff. So uh, God takes somebody that can't speak and makes you speak. But it's, uh, I would say all these years, it's grace that's been given, you know. Paul was religious, but he didn't have the discernment. See, he said he destroyed the church without knowledge. He had a zeal for God, but without knowledge. But when he got born again, understanding came. And he said, by the grace of God, I am. I'm an apostle by the grace of God. Uh, It said, there should be no schism in the body, but all members should have the same care one for another. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ And you are members in particular. You're specific members of the body of Christ. You're members in particular. You are, say I am, the body of Christ. Praise God. Like I said, God is endeavoring to carry out his will just like he did through the body of Jesus in the Gospels. God is endeavoring with these different gifts of grace and different abilities he's given us, he's endeavoring to carry out his will in the earth. Praise God. To touch people, to bless people, to help people, to encourage people, to win people to Jesus. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, and so on. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 says, that God has uh, dealt to every one of us the gift of grace. 
according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Praise God. Then he goes down and talks about grace given for the fivefold ministry to cause people to become established in the faith. Verse 16, he said, From whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplies. See, everybody should be supplying to the body. Prayers, giving, tithes, winning souls, trying to bring people to Christ, ministering to one another if people are going through things. Every joint should be supplying something to the body of Christ. Praise God. It says, uh, by the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So we all should be a blessing to one another, a blessing to the church, encouraging one another, hallelujah, lifting up one another, every joint supplying. Now, you know, the main reason for the church is first and foremost to bring sinners to Jesus. You know, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And this is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So that was his main purpose. That's our main purpose, is to save sinners. And uh, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every person. Repentance and remission of sin should be preached to all nations. Then after that, he said, go teach all nations. Command them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. In other words, make this disciples of all nations. So that's the second thing, you know. You win them to the Lord and you try to get them established in the Christian faith to where they will always live for the will of God in their daily lives. Hallelujah. Jesus said, he that follows me will not walk in darkness. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. We want to help people follow Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. First Peter 2.21 said, he left us an example that we should follow in his steps. So he wants us to follow him, and then he wants us to do the works, he said, in John 14, 12, the works that he did for us to do also. So again, he's trying to get us to do what he did. He left us a pattern that we should follow in his steps. And uh, his main thing was, he was in, God was in him reconciling the world to himself. You know, so God's in us endeavoring to reconcile the world to himself. He's doing the same thing. Praise God. So we got to get that vision that uh, as much as we're able, God wants to work through us to heal them. He said, in whatever city you enter, heal the sick therein, and then tell them the kingdom of God has drawn near. So he wants us to heal the sick, to tell them about the kingdom of God, uh, wants us, he said, in my name, cast out devils. Basically, you could see it's his, his same ministry. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9, he said, I have planted, Apollos watered, and God caused the miracles. See, so we're seed sowers. The sower soweth the word. 
So that's how it all starts. We sow seeds. The sower sows the word. We're all to be seed sowers. Amen? Try to get really the salt of the earth. You try to get people thirsty for God. And uh, sometimes it's just sowing, sowing some seeds. That starts the flow of the Holy Ghost. It opens up the door for the Holy Ghost to convict people. Praise God and bring them to Jesus. And so we should pray for them, do different things. We have the ability to do different things that influences this world towards God. Praise God. So it is God's plan that we, the Bible said, walk even as Christ walked, live as he lived, love as he loved. And for us to mature more and more to be the sons and daughters of God he called us to be. 1 John 3, verse 1 and 2, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. You're a son or daughter of God right now. He said, it doesn't appear what you're going to be when you're in your glorified state, but we'll be just like him when we see him. Praise God, we'll be just like the Son of God. But right now, he wants us to more and more conform to the image of, of his firstborn son. Hallelujah. And uh, these things take steps of faith. You're not always going to feel like it, but if you'll start doing some of these things, you'll start fitting in more and more. We walk by faith and not by feelings. The Bible says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So God wants us to find out what the word says and start to do these things. And the more we do and let that mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus, then the more we're conformed to Jesus and the more we grow up in him and become like him. So let us purpose to focus on becoming more like Christ, like his body. And let God work in us and through us. And let God know he's welcome to work in you and through you. Praise God. Hallelujah. And be a blessing through you. Each one of you could be a, a blessing and even a bigger blessing than you've been. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, if there's anybody in here that's never been born again, if you're not sure you're